It was a tale of two halves for the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. The first half was the bad Titans. The second half was the better Titans. Uh, welcome into another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. I am Austin Nelson, joined by my two favorite co-hosts, uh, Carly Lloyd, is what it looks like. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's what Brett's Zoom uh, thing says, Carly Lloyd. Uh, but Brett Bachelor, my other buddy, Chris Carter. What's up, fellas? How's it going, man? What's going on? Feels good to finally be back on here with you guys. And the name yeah, on Zoom back, has officially changed. So there you it's, go. Back, it's back to being Brett. <laughs> now, now it's Brett. Brett Bath, ba- Baffler. Yeah, yeah spelled wrong. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Hang on. Um, yeah, funny. now we got it. Good. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Brett, happy you're back, dude. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Feels good to be back. I uh, a lot going on with school. I'm uh, playing intramural kickball here at the university, but happy to say that we're. University of Montevallo champions, so I'm, I'm oh, glad to say that. Two weeks off. I'm glad you came back and, and you're a <laughs> champion. It was yeah. all worth it. It, feel, it feels good to be here again. Yeah, well, you missed two. So, I guess you missed two podcasts, two wins. Yep. And then you're back. We're going to talk about the first loss of the season. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe um, I should stay away for two more weeks. We pick up some more wins again. I hope so. But before we <laughs> dive into it, I want to make sure you guys stop what you're doing. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Second of Victory. We are brought to you uh, by Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Sports Network. Uh, make sure you follow Broadway Sports Media on Twitter. Um, again, like I said, get us on Twitter and Instagram at Second and Victory. Um, but, boys, let's just kind of dive into it. Sunday, um, we knew it was the two heavyweights of the AFC um, colliding, and uh, we were hopeful that the Titans would come out and – um, make a statement, um, prove that they are the AFC's best, and it just didn't start off that way. And so I, I, I'll start it here. The first – Steelers got the ball first and literally took up 45 minutes of clock is what it felt like. They took up so much time. Chris, we, what we were your – We ended the know, first quarter with a minute and 21 of possession. Was it three plays, just three plays? I, it was three, three – yeah, three and out. At one point in the second quarter, I think it was 161 to one in total yardage. You can't win a game that way. And so, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. But I, I just think the Titans cost themselves the entire game with that slow first half. Um, you know, what did you – what did y'all see? You can't win a game that way, but we came close. We came close. They came back in the second half. Um, Absolutely. Th- you know, the first half – the team just looked completely out of sorts. Um, that first quarter was 100% the most out-coached I've ever seen Vrabel's coaching staff. Um, Tomlin set up a, 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 a good game plan for, for them to control the clock. And, you know, the best way to stop our offense is to not let them even touch the ball. And that's what they did in that first quarter. Um you know, I, I was I was uh, kind of hoping we come into that game and and turn our third down woes around, but it just didn't happen. Um, you and I, Austin, we talked a lot about the third down, but you know, Brad, I, I want to give you a chance to kind of voice your opinion on it. It's honestly, it's it's really frustrating to see because early on in the game, the Steelers we saw had a third and eleven, a third and thirteen, and a third and six all converted, and those were perfect and prime opportunities for this Titans to slow them down and then get their ball rolling on on the offense. Because, Chris, I think you nailed the hammer on the head. And people talked about it all week, too. The way that teams are figuring out to slow down the Titans right now is to keep the offense off the field. 
instead of trying to have a shootout with them, is try and keep them off the field. Because at times, people know the Titans are going to put the ball in the end zone, which is exactly what you saw in the second half. And also, I know we kind of talked forehead too, but talking about the third down, this comparison that I had, and it floated around Twitter too, and I thought about it. I, just, I didn't bring it up to you guys because I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. So I'm, but to me, at least, this Titans third down defense is exactly what the Predators power play was a couple years ago. And that's the, that's the, that's the, I think to me, that's the perfect example yeah. between the two because they're both so frustrating and neither one can get anything done. It's and like, you, and you I think know the easiest. Oh, go ahead. Go, Chris, go ahead. I think the, the easy way to look at both of them is that they're in, they're in their own heads. Like the, the, the third down uh, conversion rate is because they don't have confidence that they can stop it. Um, and I think that was the same situation with the power play. And we saw the power play woes continue into last year, some too. Um, but it's, it's a matter of they've got to believe that they can stop it and have the pride to know that they can stop it. And they just don't have that. I, I was going to say the same thing. I just think th- th- they already know what's coming. Like they know they're not going to get off the field. The power play knew they weren't going to score a goal. <laughs> it's it, it. They just they know what it is. I saw it was the stat like uh, the Titans right now through the first six games of the season, season dating back to 1991, um, they had the worst third down conversion rate since then. It's at 61. percent The teams 61%. are converting third down on third down 61 61 percent of the time. On third down, think about that. And uh, they're not third and fives either. They're third and thirteen, third and fifteens. Exactly. Uh, that that one, uh, I believe, uh, Roethlisberger completed to Deontay Johnson was third and fourteen, and I believe it was Jonathan Joseph guarding Deontay Johnson, but he was a good fifteen yards off the ball, like off off of Deontay Johnson, and so it was a, just a quick screen pass. If those listening remember what I'm talking about. It was a quick screen pass to Deontay Johnson. He ended up getting the first down because he made a move on the cornerback. And um, third 14, just like that. I mean, there's so many – and this isn't just a Steelers game. And this has been going on all season. We, we talk about it week after week now. Like, this is the biggest problem with this defense is they cannot get off the field in third manageable. It's the biggest problem with the team. I mean, this yeah. is worse than Gos- Goskowski missing field goals, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, that's leaving points on the field. But – uh, the the fact that our our defense can't get off the field is costing, you know, costing them to give up more plays, which leads to them giving up more points, and it's keeping our offense on the sideline. So the the fact that our our defense is giving up so many third downs has to be the biggest issue with this this team right now. Gostowski has shown that he still has it in there because we saw that after the first bad stretch, he went nine for nine. Now inside 50 yards, outside 50 yards, he's unbelievable. So I've made the tight to just stall at the 40 every single time instead of getting it in close. But besides the fact that I think we've all noted that this is something that has to be addressed because when the Titans get into the playoffs, and by the way, it feels good to say when the Titans get into the playoffs, not if the Titans get into the playoffs, but when the Titans get into the playoffs, when you have, when you face teams, like Kansas City and like Baltimore and most likely like Pittsburgh again, these are teams that can all score the ball, especially the teams that we just noted. And if you don't score the ball, there's a good chance you lose the game. Now, if you stall once, like we saw the Titans did in the first half and then Pittsburgh go up big, it's even harder to come back in the playoffs like than it was this past, this past Sunday. So if the Titans do that and continue to struggle, then it could be an early exit in the playoffs. And I think um... – 
midday 180 said it today. I had a buddy text me, so I didn't hear it firsthand, but they said that on like third eight and third and eight, third and nine, and third and ten, the Titans are like um they're they're incredible. Like they, they, they every time it's a third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, they get off the field. But if it's third and seven and less and third and eleven and more, the the defense, the, you know, like they can't get off the field. So I don't know what it is about third down right now that uh they just cannot find a way to get off the field. I'm still, man, it's I don't want to blame it on the secondary. I want to blame it on the pass rush, the linebackers. They're just not playing. The defense hasn't looked good at all this season compared to last year with Pease and with Combs. And just, it's just, is it because Bowen and Ray were calling plays? Or I mean, what do you guys think the problem is? I, I, I think that the Titans do struggle across the middle of the field because yeah. part, of, part of this is like, like part of it is why the Titans did, did, did not give Avery Williamson the money that he was wanting. And that's why they let him go to the Jets because he could not cover that gap coverage. But I think that when it comes to the draft, the Titans are going to have to look at a linebacker a gap coverage linebacker, not in the run gap, but in the pass cut coverage gap across the middle to try and stop. Because if you get into the playoffs and the Titans are still playing like this on defense, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, they will eat this defense alive. And especially like this, the Steelers had 18 third downs. 18 third downs is a lot. They converted on 13 of them. So if you go have guys like that, that then convert on a defense like this, then like I said, it, the Titans have to figure something out on defense, especially on third down. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking to a friend uh, after the game, and we were having a pretty level-headed conversation about you know the outcome and stuff. And I I asked them the question, "Do you think it's an issue with the green dot?" I mean, we have you know other than a goal line stand, I don't think we've sa- said Rashawn Evans' name since was, since week one yeah, when he I was got thrown out of the game. Yeah. Um, so and and I know post game Kevin Byard was talking about they have to communicate better and all this. Well, communication starts. Where Rashawn Evans, he's the green dot. Um, so if he's not getting guys the information quick enough, or if he's not getting guys lined up in the right spot, uh, that that could be significantly contributing to issues on the defense. Yeah, I, uh, I actually had the same conversation with a friend about Rashawn Evans. He says he's just been MIA this year, um, and I think this is a guy that a lot of people had having a hundred tackles this season. Thought he was the he, you know he was going to take off this year, and it just has not happened. Um, for him, so it's not just for Sean. You know, Kevin Byers been been um, invisible on the field, but Carl's been invisible at times. Jalen Brown. I mean, the only guy who's really stepping up week after week right now is Jeffrey Simmons. Um, has come to play every single week, and and we we all had a feeling about that before the year, just how this was the time that he was going to take off and had that you know um, you know shine. But the Titans are you know tied for second worst in the league and sacks still. There's a lot of problems, but we also had I had a, I had the talk about the Chiefs last year. How the Chiefs, and I'm not comparing the two at all, but the Chiefs defense started off sluggish, and like right after the Titans game last year, when they took off, and so it could just be a first half slump the Titans are in. They figure it out, and there's no bye week now. They can't figure out the bye week. The bye week would have been this week. Yeah, it would have been this week, uh, but obviously that that didn't happen. So. It's just something they have to work on week after week now to, to, to find ways to get off the field and just, just be better because um, they let the Steelers put up 36 minutes of time of possession and they let, you know, they, they, they won the turnover battle. It's just, it's just, it's, it's weird things that, that week after week <laughs> that the Titans put themselves through um, 
But we'll just have to see. And it's not going to get any easier this next week playing a really um, solid quarterback in Joe Burrow who's slinging the ball and, and putting up big numbers. Brett, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Hey, coming up – no, coming off – I was just going to add to your point, coming off a 400-yard game against Cleveland. And a game yeah. that they probably should have won too. So, I mean, like you're saying, Joe Burrow is slinging the football. And he's – he has thrown a couple interceptions this year. But, I mean, he's thrown for 300-plus almost every single week. I get so there's a whole lot of negative we just talked about there, but the positive, I guess, of, of the entire Steelers game was that they only held the Steelers to, to three points the second half. Yep. So they turned around um, the second half, and, and Brable was so good at making adjustments. Um, Tannehill started playing. AJ Brown had the long touchdown pass. Um, but in the, the end, go ahead. And and the key thing was in that second half, not just three points, but also two turnovers. Uh, we ended up plus three in the turnover column in that game alone. So, uh, you know, that's – and we talked about this last week, uh, Austin. You're not going to win the turnover battle every week. But when you do win it, you have to take advantage, and that's a good way to win the game. And winning that turnover battle in the second half is what got us back into that game. Absolutely. Um, I'm not I got a question. Win. Yeah. Who, who do you cover T. Higgins with? If Adore's still not back, who do you cover T. Higgins with? Because he's kind of having a really solid, quiet rookie year. Um, I would do you, do you Mal- put Malcolm on him? I would have to. I would think Malcolm. Wouldn't be Jonathan Joseph. I mean, you, it will not it, be I Jonathan think Joseph's Joseph. got to cover. Yeah, I, I think Jonathan Joseph's going to have to cover whoever's opposite of, of T. Higgins. His, his size and speed, I mean, it just – Joseph's not going to have a good game against no. that. Um, we know we're without Fulton for a few weeks per Paul Kaharski's uh, right. uh, tweet about that. So, I mean, it really comes down to Malcolm. Uh, we know Chris Jackson's not playing outside, really. Uh, we saw how the Ty Smith experiment worked in the last game. Um, so, I mean, it, it really it comes down to – to Malcolm or Joseph, and if it's not a Dory, hopefully it's a Dory. Yeah. But and I would, I would, I mean, I would think this is the week he's back. He was, yeah. I think he was close to playing last. It's a week. good week to put him back in too. Yeah, sure. And I think, and I don't, I, y'all, y'all can correct me. I feel like the Titans don't really shadow receivers. I mean, it's usually Malcolm, Malcolm on the left hand side, and and whoever else on the right. I feel mm-hmm. like Malcolm pr- primarily plays that one spot and doesn't shadow anybody across the field. So it, it's probably going to end up being more like that. Just whoever's lined up there covers him. But um, I do want to make one point about the secondary. Uh, I've clamored for this, and and Austin, I know, I think we talked about it maybe last week or the week before, um, in that the young guys need snaps. Uh, We saw David Long uh, inactive last week. But guys like Amani Hooker need snaps, and I think – they finally gave them to him this week, and I thought he was the MVP of the defense. Uh, he played well throughout the whole game. He had the one pick. He almost had a second pick that landed at his at his feet. Um, I, those guys need snaps. Uh, I hope David Long gets them this week. I hope uh, Derek Roberson gets them this week. Um, I mean, when it comes down to it, those guys are, the, are probably the future of the team. Uh yeah. Especially with Jayon, you know, Jayon Brown's a free agent after this year. So uh, David Long could be his successor. So you want to make sure he's ready to go. 
Man, I would big, like to keep Jay on. Yeah, that'd be a big that's, mistake, that's, I think. It's kind of some big shoes to fill, I feel like. <clears throat> because Jay on came in to do what Avery didn't, and he's he's filled in the role, honestly. He's filled in yeah. what Avery couldn't do. So it's almost be like starting all over again. I just I don't know if you're gonna be able to afford Jay on. Man, that'd be tough. And that would and, be tough. and and John U. Yeah. Yeah. I mean John Robin, but the thing is, John Robin, John Robinson has been so good at, at giving the team friendly deals. I, I just don't see. And also, also you got to remember Corey's Corey's up. Adoree's going to be in his fifth year uh, with his fifth year option next year. There's definitely guys that'll be walking. Unfortunately, yeah. somebody's like going to. I mean, yeah, somebody's going to walk. Guys Where? that we really like will be walking. And yeah. I would, I personally, if right now since we're talking about it, I would have to think really, Chris. Um, Jayon's resigned, and then I think Johnu's resigned, and I think and Corey walks. Corey's the one to walk, and it's nothing against yeah. Corey. Y'all know me; like I'm, I'm yeah. I've always You're been a big Corey, Corey guy. I'm a huge Corey fan, and I just think that his his opportunities here have not worked out how they probably would have anywhere else. When you're the number five pick, they the quarterback has to find new ways to get the ball, and it has not happened for him. And so he's he's gonna flourish somewhere else, and I'm sure the Titans will sign or draft somebody else. I'm a, I, y'all know I'm a big Jayon fan. Fan, yeah. I I think Jayon's probably gone. I mean, I think Jayon's going to get a really nice deal by some, from somebody, and so I think we it. really we really need to get used to it as Titans fans that players are going to be walking yeah. away because I mean we saw we got our first taste of it with Jack Conklin last year, but uh, you know J Rob's drafted really well uh, in his time as GM, and and those guys you can't resign all of them, uh, and that's what it's going to come down to. So. I think I personally think Jayon's going to get a really good offer from somebody and walk away, but I would love for him to stay in two tone blue. So, do you think it's from a a big team who needs the help, or do you think it's from a team that doesn't have a lot to to offer championship wise, but can be there to give them the money? I think it'll. I mean, I, I think it'll probably be a money situation. Because that's exactly yeah, what I mean, Williamson did. Yeah, I mean, it's what Comp did too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Jayon has his championship contender here. So if he wanted right. that, he's going to stay. I think it's it, going to be a money situation. And if Corey were to leave, I, I'm kind of with you, Austin, because I could, I could, because I feel like the Titans would maybe value Jonu and and Jayon more than they would value Corey because they didn't even pick up the option. And I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, it's way on down the line, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Corey Davis take I-65 straight south and hit the 10 in Mobile and end up in New Orleans because they've had a lot of interest in them before and down there. And, I mean, they have Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas and now Marquez Calloway's having success there. But, I mean, you never know because New Orleans is liking for a lot. And that's just – obviously, that's just a theory. But, I mean, you never I, know. I can, I can pretty much say with 100% certainty that as long as Mike Vrabel is the head coach here, John New Smith ain't going nowhere. Uh, yeah, I think so, he too. loves that, dude. I know. <laughs> so – uh, well, there's obviously a lot of things we'll talk about in the off season, uh, but it's it's good to kind of just get an idea for it and um, get our thoughts on it. So, uh, November third, I believe, is a trade deadline. Yes. And uh, John Robinson isn't, isn't notorious for having a you know make a trade de- trade deadline trade. I think the only one he's done is Kamala Korea, um, and that, that's it, I believe. So, you know, gun to my head, I don't think the Titans make a move. But is there a position out there that you would like to see the Titans make a move for? Is it pass rush? Is it getting depth in the, in the secondary? 
you know, is there a, a, another lineman? Like, I mean, is there any, anything that you guys, a player out there in particular, um, that you like to see the Titans trade for? I think if I if I had to uh, do a priority list, um, if you could get your hands on Riley Reef, I think that's that's the guy you go for, uh, offensive tackle for the Vikings. Um, but you know, I feel like Ty played really well uh, against the Steelers, and and that's saying a lot because that's a really hard front to play well against. Uh, Dennis Kelly was actually our huge liability in that game uh, when we all thought it was going to be Ty. So. Right. Um, I, I don't think they make a move, and I don't know that there's anybody out there that has a contract that I'd be comfortable with this team picking up. Um, Gilmore's going to cost every penny of the salary cap that is available. So um, I don't see the gonna... Titans making a move either. Yeah, yeah, I really don't. Honestly, I would like to see a, a pass rush or an edge, but I mean, you still got 10, 11 more games to see what Vic Beasley and Clowney can do for you. And I mean, obviously, it's Clowney's a disruption, but I mean, I mean, I like Clowney, but it's time to finish the play. I mean, you're back there. Let's finish the play. And then Vic, I mean, I don't know where Vic's been, but I mean, it's time for him to show up too, honestly. I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a minute about Clowney. Because right. there has been some extreme Clowney bashing on social media. Absolutely. And I, I think we all uh, talked about this uh, when we were going to sign Clowney and then when we eventually did in that anybody in this fan base that expects a huge number of sacks from Clowney is going to be extremely disappointed. It's not who he is. Uh, he doesn't He doesn't get to the quarterback how other players get to the quarterback. It's just not now how he plays the game. That I, dude was disruptive before he got injured in, in that Steelers game. He had a forced fumble in the backfield. Uh, he had a pass, pass deflected. First play uh, of the game. Yeah. And, First play I mean, of the game. And and he was putting pressure on Ben. He wasn't sacking Ben, but he was putting pressure on him. That's exactly what we want out of Clowney, in my opinion. We want, but we want the other guys across from him, like Landry and stuff, to be able to to get the sacks and finish. Off Obviously, the, play. the Clowney contract and who Clowney is as the pass rusher, those who don't follow the Titans as closely as we do, know that. They, they see the price tag and they see who he is that think that he has to have 10 sacks a season, a sack a game. You're right, Chris. It's not who Jadavion Clowney is. Um, I, I keep making a joke that Clowney leads the league in almost sacks. Because yes. if you guys watch the game, he was so close time after time um, whether the quarterback gets the ball out a second before he, he gets He there. actually theoretically does because he leads the league – and quarterback pressures without a sack right now. So, I mean, okay. you're, pretty, you're pretty much right, yeah. It, 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 just from not even knowing that, Chris, I, you just watch the game, and every time there's a replay, he's so close to it. So I think he's going to get a couple. It's it's bound to happen. You, he, this, when the season's over, you're not going to see Clowney with zero sacks. He'll get a couple, but you're right. It's, it's him um, forcing the double teams and having Landry Beasley – Simmons, um, Roberson, get the sacks. Um, I I just it, the pass rush is a problem. It's still a problem. It's going to be a problem until it, something is fixed. I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, so I just think we need to stop worrying about the pass rush because it's obviously not getting fixed like that, and there's no improvement of it. Um, 
But the NFL, the NFL is not like baseball because baseball you can trade for one player and boom, you got that extra piece you need to win the championship. Football, it's yeah. not that easy. I want to mention this. I read this today um, off BroadwaySwitchMedia.com. Mike Herndon uh, wrote a piece on uh, seven guys that the Titans could trade for. Uh, I'm just going to go down the line real quick. Uh, William Jackson the third from the Bengals, solid cornerback, um, has a pretty hefty uh, contract, 6.2 mil. Brian Poole, the corner from the Jets, um, right under a mil, so he's not very expensive. Desmond King from the Chargers. From what I've seen on Desmond King – in the past, it's not too hot. I don't think Desmond King's all that, but it's a cheap contract as well. And he's he's very frustrated there. So, I mean, yeah. that, that has to be like an actual tradable asset for them, I feel like. And then the big home run would be um, a portrait right now of Stephon Gilmore uh, from the Patriots. I, I'm with you. Chris said it earlier before we, we hopped on here, the price tag is too high on him. Um, I'm sure the Steelers would probably want to – so you know, I think for the for the remainder of the season he would cost eight point four million and the Titans have eight point three million in salary cap. So it's just it's you just have to not cut worth somebody. It. It's, uh, it's just not worth it to me. I don't think so either. And I don't I don't know if if you know the Titans are obviously going in for the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a this is a they're in the window right now of, of, of making the Super Bowl run. I don't know if, if Gilmore is the difference maker. I'm not sure if if, if he's that guy that that you know will take this team over the top. A uh, one I'm really interested about, but there's you know conflicting reports about it is Quinnen Williams from the Jets. Mm-hmm. Loved Williams in college, loved him coming out, um, but it's the Jets obviously, and they will ruin anybody's career. Um, he's still on his rookie deal, so that's a, that's one that I would definitely be interested in. Would the Jets take him for a paperclip and you know your lunch, maybe, where they want um, a pretty decent size return for? I him. think I I think I saw a rumor was a second. A second. Yeah. I think he's worth that, to be honest with you. What do you do? You start him right next to Simmons? Absolutely. Have Daquan 100%. come off the bench, yeah. Um, another one a lot of guys are raving about, um, Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants, a decent contract, a solid interior lineman as well. And then the one you mentioned earlier, Chris, Riley Reef from the Vikings. Um, I also I saw, think- uh, I saw a rumor that uh, Tat McKinley uh, from the Falcons could be available as well. Tack McKinley scarred me um, on his draft night. I've been out on Tack McKinley <laughs> ever since. Do y'all remember that? Yeah, when he walked on stage. With a picture of his, The picture of his grandma, grandma or something. I'm sure it's a great yeah. story. But the way he talked to Deion Sanders on stage, everybody was just kind of, you know, took back. Deion was like, all right, man, cool. I just, I've been out on Tack McKinley ever since. I don't know. He's been up and down in his career too, so. I'm out on Tack McKinley, but um, I'm with y'all. I don't think the Titans make a move, and if they do, I'll be very surprised. And if they do, I'm sure it's not for any of the guys we just named. I'm sure it's for somebody else. John Robinson may have an eye on. If no it's for anybody, there. it's probably Devs. It's not a true like difference maker. Yeah. I feel like absolutely. So, um, in other news, did we all see the Derrick Henry Old Spice commercial? And our thoughts on it. <laughs> I I love that. You know, obviously with COVID protocols and all that, these these uh, endorsement companies can't get the actual players uh, to do these commercials. So they've gotten really creative. Uh, I know Baker's had a couple that were really good where it's just like his head superimposed over over uh, another body and stuff. And But doing the, the Madden character, uh, was just, it was incredible. It's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was a great commercial. 
it definitely has that like old spice vibe, you know, like yeah, kind of everything's just like uh surreal, uh, I guess, you know, the uh previously they they originally, you know, got these commercials popular with the guy, uh, look at me, now look at her, you know, the uh the now I'm on a horse guy. Uh, who actually played for the Titan or was on the Titans practice squad or in training camp or something at one point. Fun fact. I did not know that. I never knew that. That, that, So this is actually the second Old Spice person to have a uh, spokesperson to have a connection to the Titans. (laughs) Isaiah Mustafa. Yeah, Isaiah Mustafa. I'm pretty sure it was – I don't know if he ever was on the practice squad, but he was in training camp with the Titans. Okay. The Tennessee Oilers in 1997. Okay, Oilers. Okay. Still, he counts. Part of the organization. He went. He played college at Arizona State. Was a free safety. Became a wide receiver. Wow. I had no idea. No idea. Very cool, Chris. There's your fun fact of the night. Yeah, Yeah, that's 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 a a good point. Something I did not know, but now you can tell people about that. Okay, so he did. He was on the practice squad. He was on the practice squad, and they they shipped him off to NFL Europe to play for Barcelona in NFL. There you go. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. That is wild. Learn something new every day. Titans get the first loss of the season um, to a very good Steelers team. They can bounce back this week against the Bengals. Um, This is a Bengals team who is struggling um, to get a win. They're close. They just can't. They can't get over the hump. Um, Before we get into it, the Bengals are banged up. And this is kind of what I wanted to, to talk about. Before anybody calls this a, a quote-unquote trap game, I don't think this is what this is. I think the Titans go into Cincinnati and take care of business and, and get back on track because they know that this is a marathon, not a sprint, and it's a long season, and this is just kind of another team in the way, and this is a team they, they, they should definitely beat. Um, but the Bengals will be without their starting center, uh, most likely their, their starting left tackle. They're definitely without their, their right tackle. Um, Joe Mixon is probably not playing. And then you go down the list, there's some other death players, their cornerback, their safety, the linebacker, um, the other cornerback, William Jackson III, who we just talked about, is questionable. So they are banged up. Um, the only thing that worries you is the rookie sensation, Joe Burrow, um, who is on pace to shatter all rookie quarterback records. Um but he only has nine touchdowns to five interceptions on the season with a couple rushing touchdowns. Guys, is this a trap game? Are you worried? I don't believe in trap games with Mike Vrabel. Um, I, I don't think he's ever going to let his players look forward to the next week. I mean, there's going to be players that probably look forward to the next week, but he's not going to let his players do that. Him and the coaching staff aren't going to do that. Um, I don't think trap games exist with Mike Vrabel. Uh, I do think this is going to be a tough game uh, strictly because of our defensive woes and the fact that they now have to go up against one of the most uh, exciting young players in the NFL in Joe Burrow. Um, They also have a good trio of our receivers, obviously. Uh, Being without Mixon, I think, is is definitely going to hurt them. Um, But And obviously the the offensive line injuries are, are, are... probably a huge setback to a team that already had a horrible offensive line. Um, they uh, they lead the league in most sacks allowed. Yeah, but um, I feel like uh, 
Joe Burrow has gotten uh, quicker, a little quicker getting the ball out uh, over the course of the season. He seems to have settled in and gotten more comfortable. Um, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, I think it's going to be probably a, a, a less than 10-point win. Uh, based on how our defense is played. But, Brett, what are your thoughts? I think – so I, I I don't say trap game, but I do think it's going to be a tough game. I, I think for the sake of the, I guess, the fans, that the Titans need to go out and control this game like they controlled the Buffalo game to, to calm people down again. But the, the – not the concerning point, but I, I think a huge point is like, Austin, you mentioned that they're struggling for wins. While they do only have one win – Chris, you noted Joe Burrow is having a, a good season so far. Like we noted earlier, he threw for over 400 yards in a loss against Cleveland last week. So yeah. he can go out there and he can sling the football. I, I think that this Titans offense is definitely a, a team that is too good for this Bengals team. Now, it's, it is going to be a tough game because it's going to be in November. It's going to be an overcast game in Cincinnati. Those are always tough. It's, it's one of those weather games where it's not raining – it's not snowing, but it's just cold enough to where it's it's that kind of weird feeling outside. I do think the Titans are going to kind of pull away. I think they do win by by double digits, not by not by twenty, but at least by ten to twelve to me, because I do think this overall this Titans team is just too much for Cincinnati overall. So from looking at the numbers, um, they are one of the worst teams in the league in running the football, and that's without – they'll be without Joe Mixon, like I said, this week. So it's just Giovanni Bernard. Are y'all surprised the Bengals have held on to Giovanni Bernard as long yes. as they have? Yes, yeah. 100%. I, Isn't that crazy? I, I was in our uh, – in a fantasy – in my fantasy league's chat the other day, and one of them offered Gio Bernard in a, in a trade, and I was like – I didn't even know he was still in the league, much I less know. still on the Bengals at this point. I actually, I'll tell you this: in one of my leagues, I had Joe Mixon. He uh, Schefter tweeted he was out like on Friday, so I picked up Giovanni Bernard just as his because I know he'd get the most carries and actually had got me twenty points last week. So um, he bought out last week, but I, the Titans have a better run defense than the Browns do. Um, so yeah, I just I can't believe they've they've uh, he he's still playing for him. He's a captain. Uh, for the for the Bengals, but um, they still the, the the Bengals passing offense is middle of the road. Um, they're putting up twenty three points a game, which is near the bottom of the league. It's in about twenty twenty first in the league in, in points per game. Um, Titans still fourth in the league in points per game, uh, fifth in fifth in yards per game. Um, on the flip side of this. The Bengals' defense is right there with the Titans. Um, they are literally a spot above the Titans in yards per game. So you could see another shootout this weekend. Um, it's very possible. Another, you know, 24-27 kind of game, which would be super embarrassing given, you know, just looking on the record, looking on paper, that the Titans should definitely blow this team out. But it's the Titans, and we know it's not going to happen. So – can I, can I, I want to make a point, though, that – so last week, Stephen A. Smith on Stephen's A-list had the Titans as the number one team in the league on first take. And then this week he had them outside of the top five. And then people were talking about Super Bowl contenders, and they have the people that are trying to be Super Bowl contenders, and they have the pretenders and all that. The Titans, after one loss against probably right now the number one team in the National Football League, have gone from Super Bowl contenders to – 
at first round exit, which in that point, I do not understand because it's not like the Titans got blown out of the water by the New England Patriots or by the Houston Texans. I know they went to overtime with the Texans. But still, this is a Titans team that can still, I think, win the Super Bowl, honestly. Now, I'm not saying they will, but I do think the Titans are contenders. So I think for the Nationals media's sake, for the Titans to stay in that top little contender era, this is a team that they have to go out and dominate the entire game like they did against Buffalo. Yeah, because if they don't, if they if they don't, they're going down to, in the national media. They're going down to that pretenders list, and the Titans don't belong there. They belong up in the contenders part of the list. To to your point about playing the Texans to overtime, anybody that uses that as an argument against this team is doesn't understand that rivals always play rivals close. It's just how it is in the NFL. Uh, you know, they're a they're an awful football team, but they see the Titans. They circle that. You know, Titans circle the Texans. That's just a rivalry game. They're always going to play each other close. Uh, when they're both, you know, trying. Um, but I think the second half of that game uh, solidifies us as as a contender, if anything. Uh, we played – I think the Steelers are, are fantastic across the board. Where we struggle on defense, they don't. Uh, and where we uh, are excellent on offense, they're right there with us. Um, so to to say that – the Titans aren't contenders after that game is, is would be mind blowing to me. I saw a um, few power rankings uh, this week and they actually, you know, even after a loss, moved the Titans up in the power rankings just because of the fight in the second half, they knew that they played a really good Steelers team, which is all, you know, one, two, everybody's power rankings. And um, we're impressed with the fight they put up in the second half and not, you know, not folding and, because it was easy to down 20 points in the third quarter. The Titans could have easily, you know, wrapped it up. But um, yeah, I'm with I'm with you guys. This is a team who's still who still got it. Um, whatever that is, they still can can ball out. And I think a lot of them have a bad taste in their mouth after last week. So um, would love to see Tannehill have another big game, continue his big season. Um, Henry still leads the league in rushing right now by a, a good bit. And um, we'd love to see some more AJ Brown, Corey Davis, John Lou Smith, you know, get the, get some get some yardage up, get some touches. I think this could be a huge game for John Lou Smith, honestly, because we've seen John's kind of been like Derek, where he thrives in that second half cold part of the game, or I'm sorry, of the season. And I think that going up there like this, they're they're they they know that they have to guard Corey the year that he's been having. They know they're gonna have to guard AJ because he's out for a couple of games, he's already back to his old form. That just circles right back around to the Adam Humphreys, John Smith across the middle of the field. Because if Derek gets free and you have one or two passes to Corey and AJ, then it just opens everything right back up for John. And I think it could be a huge, huge matchup uh, against his Bengals defense for John Smith. All right, let's get to it. So last week, Chris, my bold prediction was Kevin Byer gets an interception. Um, the defense got three, but he was not one of them. So I was wrong on that. What was yours? I actually do not remember what mine was. Um, I'd have to go back and listen. I think you you talked about interception as well. I think we both had picks of just different players. Did we? Anyway, it's not that big. Of a I don't player. remember. I, just, I thought you remember. Um, all right, so Brett, you're back. Your bold prediction, brother. Go ahead. I'm going to say that the Titans have another hundred yard receiver, hundred yard rusher this week. Um, I'm going to stick to it just because I just talked about it. I'm going to say Jonu. Obviously, the, 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 it's a bold prediction because obviously if I was being normal, I'd say AJ. Yeah. But I, I'm going to say a 100-yard receiver and a 100-yard rusher. So receiver from Jonu, 
a hundred yard rusher from Derek. And I could honestly, I could both see, see them both scoring one touch on each Derek, maybe two, but uh, yeah, hundred yard receiver, hundred yard rusher on the offensive side of the ball. I think I said like three guys with, with 80 each last, last week is, was my prediction. Something like that. Okay. 80 rushing or receiving. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think we get a Dory back this week and, uh, and he has a pick. Damn. Wow, breaking news. That that would be and that's, that, and that's actually saying a lot because the Dory doesn't get picks. No. Uh, but I think I think this is it. I mean, I think he's gonna come out fired up. I like that. I like that you think Dory plays because I would love to see Dory finally play. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go because this Bengals offensive line leads the league in sacks, the Titans get at least two and a half sacks. That'd be huge. That's bold comparing they either have name, seven name specific have, or no. Have, I'm just gonna two and a half. Um if we get bolder, Clowney gets one. <laughs> Clowney gets his first sack as a Titan. Um so I I think those are all pretty those are pretty bold predictions. I think so. Just kinda what's going on at the moment <clears throat> with the Titans. So to, to counter your prediction, I think if we get two and a half sacks, I don't think any pass rushers have any of them. It'll that's probably be even, that's, coming Vicaro, off the blitz. Yeah, Vicaro, yeah. Jayon. Could you yeah. could you imagine if Logan Ryan was still on this roster against this against this offensive line? How many sacks he'd have coming off the edge? Yeah. He was so no good. Doubt. Yeah, Pete's oh, no yeah. doubt have him coming around, you know, disguises. Um well again, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Second Adventure. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, tell your friends and tell their friends and tell their friends. Um, but as always, um, for Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter, I'm Austin Nelson. Tighten up, guys. Tighten, Tighten up. up.